listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back. And I should say welcome back after a long hiatus of the Humanize Me podcast. And so if you are still here, if you have returned to this podcast, I am grateful. We are grateful because I'm sure that some people just gave up on us and went back to Andy Stanley and, you know, Father Coughlin and whoever they went to and we lost them. But if you're here, hurrah, we will, we, we will sally forth. We're, we're going to get back. We're back at it. And John Wright, you are here. I am. How are you? I am fine and I'm glad you are here. And it, it, what this means is that we're going to do one of our Q&A-ish kind of podcasts. It sure does. Which I like. All right. But listen, John, so you've got some, you've got some ideas, some things you want us to talk about. I do. Before we get to that, I want to thank some people. I want to thank Sam Candler and I want to thank Jason Shock, which what a great name to be to just Shock. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but I think it's a great name. That is a good name. I want to be Bart Awe, and then we could show up. We could be like, we could, we could have a buddy show where we were shock and awe. Um, and Alexander Simonette. Do I, do I seem a little bit overly upbeat and chipper right now? A little bit. What's going I on? Can take it, I can take it down. I can take it down. Um, I'm having, I'm having a, a good time just being back on this microphone with you. Um, but speaking of emails, I will tell you that the, you know, those emails we send out to tell people what's up on the podcast? Yeah. Like whenever we have new episodes, we send out those emails. Right. And normally you write some other things too, uh, apart from the podcast. I consider it like a devotional. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like I am the humanist version of our daily bread or you know, or guideposts or one of those things where like when in my Christian days, my grandparents used to sit across the kitchen table from each other and they would pull out this little booklet and they would read their Bible verse and their, or their inspirational reading. And then they would go through this like little five minute devotional thing to remind them of who they were and what they cared about. Mm -hmm. And so I try to send out things that'll be sort of little tidbits of inspiration or thought provocation just to kind of go like, hey, we're, remember, we're in this. We're, we're, we're trying to live this certain way. We're trying to, trying to promote these certain values. Um, and I got to tell you, John, I, it's a little bit like, I believe it was uh, Thomas Jefferson who wrote a letter to one of his kids and said, I apologize for, the, for writing you such a long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. <laughs> right. Because it it's harder to write a one paragraph idea than it is to write a three page idea. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like it's for me. It's harder to make a, a short film than a longer one. And so I labor my I labor like crazy to come up with a paragraph or two that I think will be useful, you know, helpful, whatever. Yeah. And I send them out there, and I honestly have no idea if anybody reads them or likes them. And, and at first I was getting, I was starting to get hurt by that. Like nobody writes back. And then I realized like, I, 
I get emails from the New York Times every week that, you know, my weekly briefing email, or I get Mark Maron's podcast email where he writes stuff and tells me about the episodes. And sometimes I go, wow, I'm going to listen to that episode. And I do. Or sometimes I go, gee, that was a really neat little thought he put in there. I never write the guy back. Right. <laughs> I've never once responded to one of those emails. Right. S Sam Harris sends them out. Sometimes amazing stuff. He, mm -hmm. he just sent one in which he, he linked me to a podcast in which he talks about his overall feelings about psychedelic drugs. Mm -hmm. Super helpful. I ended up sending it to my father and saying, we, listen to this. We're going to talk about this. But I never tell, I never write back to Sam Harris and say, gee, that was an awesome email. No, you don't, you don't respond to them. That's not what they're for. It's almost like a one-way form of communication. Like this is something that comes in, but you, there is no expectation of response. It's not almost, it is one way. It is one way. Except when you're the guy at the other end, I feel massively insecure about these things. <laughs> like uh -huh. sometimes like, hey, that took me three hours. Was it worth it? I got right. no way of knowing. I've got to get a little bit more comfortable in going like, hey, I'm just going to keep pumping this stuff out there and and trust that it's good. Or, or maybe just go like, it's if it's good for me to write it, if this is a good thought for me today, mm -hmm. that has to be enough. Right. But it, it is weird how insecure I am about this. That's very funny. Well, you shouldn't be insecure. Yeah. So, They're good. They're really good. Anyway, there is a place, however, where we do get feedback, and that is on the Humanize Me Facebook page about the podcast itself, about episodes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and sometimes it's just about stuff, right? Sometimes people, I mean, people end up just having their own conversations on that website. They're just like, oh, you listen to Humanize Me? Oh, that tells me kind of you're maybe my kind of person. So I'm going to ask you a question about other stuff. Yeah, maybe my kind of person. And also, I think, may have some advice for me or may have some shared experiences that could be useful for me. And I think a lot of people post in that vein. It's like, hey, I've got this going on in my life right now. It's got to do with deconversion from Christianity or it's got to do, from, do with, you know, how to relate to people now that I'm a humanist or whatever it is. And they'll use the Facebook group to sort of connect with each other. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it, it is, am I right in thinking it is from, from the Facebook page that you are drawing this week's question? Yeah, actually several questions. So I put out a little question, you know, we're going to do some holiday related Q&A in a few minutes. Uh, any questions for me or for Bart? Um, and then some other things that are just sort of accumulating in that group. So there's a few of them. You want to you wanna get started with it? Yeah, yeah, I really do. So I, I was wondering, you know, how your Thanksgiving was. And then you were like, you know, my Thanksgiving is always good. It's kind of one of those things that not everybody can count on that being true for them. Yeah. Especially if they are separated by this religious stuff, right? Yeah. So that's a theme right now in the in the group. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, John, like yeah. before this Thanksgiving, you know, we have in, in Cincinnati, we have this local um, fellowship um, caravan, Cincinnati caravan that some friends of mine and I have put together. And it's nothing big, you know, it's 40, 50 people on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Um but it's, it's a beautiful group and we have these wonderful experiences together. We put together, it's kind of like church for humanists. Mm -hmm. um, and the last one we did was right before Thanksgiving. And when the leadership team got together to plan it out, we we're like, you know what? 
what we need to do is we need to talk about how to survive the holidays with our families. Yeah. Because while for some of us, this is a joyful, wonderful time, for more people, it's a real emotional minefield. It's a real challenge. And yeah. yeah. And I think I, I yeah. think it's that that caused uh, James to ask in the Facebook group. It's the holiday season again. Who here is navigating difficult relationships with religious family? What are you facing slash have you faced in the past, present, or future visits, and how are you dealing? And all of the responses were about – I don't think there was a single really, really super positive response about this. It is something people struggle with. Someone said avoidance. Uh, someone else talked about basically grieving because their family hasn't, you know, their family has kind of abandoned them. Um, someone else responding, hating the we're praying for you thing, uh, that just feeling oppressive now to them. So, you know, this is this can be difficult for people, as you, of course, know. Um, but I have some specific questions for you if you're if you're interested in taking them real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So. Um, Steve says, my wife still believes she's very bothered that I no longer believe. Advice on how to handle the tension? How much should I go along? For example, going to Christmas Eve service to keep her happy while still being true to myself. You know, that's such a, an interesting question for me because there was a time not so long ago where I would have glibly answered that question. Mm. And said, oh, you know, you should, you know, if it's important to her, you go along. It's, 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 it's an easy give and stuff like that. And then I realized, like, I'm in a position in my family where I'm understood and, and accepted for who I am. And so for me to go along to a church service with my, my, my parents or, or when my mother-in-law was alive, we used to go to Sunday Christmas Eve service with her. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it wasn't a problem because it wasn't, she wasn't sort of saying come along so that you can be influenced by this or come along because you believe this or come. She was saying, come along because that's where I'm going to be on Christmas Eve. And I'd like to have you with me. Yeah. And we can, you know, and, and it's funny, I looked at the Facebook page and there was somebody who said something to the effect of, when I hear the Christmas music and all that stuff, it's sort of like, almost like Jesus is my ex and yeah. all that stuff just reminds me, you know, it, it reminds me of him. Mm -hmm. like, like, like it was like a bad relationship that ended and they don't want to be triggered by all these memories of Jesus. Right. And for some people going along to that church service is so loaded and so painful. And so in a, I don't have a one size fits all answer anymore because I'm much more aware than I used to be that people are in different places in their relationship with Christianity. And depending on where you're at in that relationship, even though you may five years from now be in a different place, but like for some people it's too raw to go. And for other people, the family member that wants them to go is it's 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 sort of a move in a larger chess match mm -hmm. and they feel like they're being manipulated in some way and then there are some other people that it's just like with my mother-in-law who is just like hey i'm just going to be in a place with all of my friends and like if 
if it doesn't bother you too much, I'd like to have you along so that I so that they can meet you. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't right. much more loaded than that. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Not really. It's so foreign to my experience because I don't have that exact relationship with Christianity. You know, I, I, I think I feel a bit more like you that, it, you know, it's it was a chapter. I don't feel I wasn't hurt by it. You know what I mean? I wasn't I didn't feel mm-hmm. negatively about it. Uh, to that extent, like I could still go to church. In fact, for a filming assignment, I did have to go to church. <laughs> Last week, I went to this uh, black church in Phoenix. I probably have one thought. I probably yeah. have one thought. I just thought of one. I, I finally have one thought. And that is, I think that it's really important. Sometimes in the holidays, we get in reaction mode where we're just trying to survive the stuff that's coming at us. Mm-hmm. And my son-in-law is a basketball coach. And sometimes one of the phrases that'll come up is sometimes the best defense is a good offense. Mm-hmm. That that sometimes you have to, instead of being a reactor, you have to be a proactor. And I think one of the really important questions when you enter into the holidays is, can you set a positive goal for the holidays? Like when you go to be with your family, or when somebody approaches you and says, hey, will you come along to church like Steve's wife is? To, to, to answer that question, not on the basis of how's it going to make me feel, but on the basis of like, well, what am I trying to do in this relationship? Or what am I trying to do in this moment or in this holiday? So, you know, one of the things I would say is if your goal during the holidays is to resolve a major conflict or to change somebody's mind about a big idea or to fix something huge in the relationship. I I know almost nobody who gets that done during the holiday season. Right, right, right. I, I don't think that's a realistic goal. Mm-hmm. There's too many moving parts. It's not a time when people are really open to, to, to those kind of conversations. But I think that sometimes you can say, well, like maybe a reachable goal is I want to love somebody. And I don't mean love in a feeling way, but like in a verb way. Like I want to, I want to seek somebody else's best interests or, or, you know, so, so I think one of the questions you ask is, is there somebody in my family whose best interests I want to promote this year? Is there somebody I'm going to try to encourage? Is there somebody I'm going to try to protect? Somebody who always gets beat up at family gatherings. Um, is there some positive feature of somebody in my family that I'm going to try to notice or praise or even amplify, you know, like, like what good am I going to do this year in this setting? Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes if you, if you have a goal, then a, a situation comes up where they go, Hey, will you come to church or will you do this or will you do that? And you can evaluate that in light of the goal. Will this bring me closer to my goal or take me farther away from it? Right. That makes sense to me. For a lot of us, if we have a positive goal, then we can sort of go like, okay, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm going to try to do. And then you can do the whole thing where you imagine like, what are all the potential obstacles that's going to keep that from happening? And then you're still preparing for the negative, but you're preparing for the negative because it's an obstacle to something positive rather than just because that's what my family is just a whole sea of negative things that I have to deal with. Right. And I, it's a paradigm thing. Yeah. It doesn't actually change any of the stuff on the ground, but it's, it's a way of reframing it 
that I think sometimes helps it make, make it easier to answer certain questions. I do relate to that feeling of being of feeling triggered, you know, and and it's hard to walk around America in December without the, you know, I, I've jokingly called it the tyranny of Christmas, you know, before like it is, it's a very, it, it's everywhere. And so that feeling must be hard to escape. Yeah. And it's not just the God stuff. It's the materialism stuff. It's the, it's the gift giving stuff. It's the, you, I bet you have a lot of people in your life that love you and that you love, and you might not be feeling that way right now. You know, if right. you're lonely, this is the worst time to be lonely. If you're in a new right. city where you don't know many people, it's, you know, so yeah, there is a tyranny in which there is a message being sent that like, here are the normative emotions that you should be feeling and the normative family situation that you should be in. And if you're not, gosh, you're yeah, so if you're not that, then you just feel less than, or you feel like you're yeah. not part of the bigger thing that's going on. So I think, I think that that's true. Like if it's hard for you, it it's constant. Yeah. But I think that when you get into that, what, what I'm suggesting is I don't know that there's anything we can do about that. Mm -hmm. But I do know that if I set a goal for like, what am I trying to do this year? Um, it makes it easier for me to see that stuff in light of the goal and go like, oh, this is, I got to watch out for that because it's going to distract me from this. Right. So it's almost like reframing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, it is. And so in this case, I think you can say, okay, if I'm there to make my Christian wife, in Steve's case, if I'm there to sort of, maybe, like maybe a goal he might have for her is, I want her to see that my lack of faith in no way means there's a lack of love. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is for her to see me putting her interests at the top of my priority list. I want her to see me actively loving her, not just mm -hmm. saying I love her, but doing things to make this holiday work for her. But, but, but I would emphasize to see me, to see me, the secular humanist, to see me, the person who doesn't believe in God, like not to pretend I'm somebody else, but I want her to see me for who I am, but make it clear that like who I am involves loving her. And then I think you, you sort of, you, you can, you can move from that base. And so, so do you it, think that that thing of go, going to church, you know, like say his example was um, going to the Christmas Eve service to keep her happy uh, while still being true. I think he doesn't want to lose himself in this either or his, uh, I guess, integrity or into, or the, the way he feels about himself. And that might require some communication where he might have to look his wife in the eye and say, I do want to go to the Christmas Eve service. I want to go there because you're going to be there and I love you and I want to be with you. And because I know that this is an, like, that this is an important ritual for you, that, this is, that these songs matter to you, that, that your relationship with God and Christianity is so important to you. And I want to, I want to demonstrate my acceptance of that and my recognition that that's part of what makes you the woman that I love. And that's the reason I'm going. Yeah, that's the reason I'm going. Mm -hmm. I want to be there because your friends are going to be there. And I want to, in some sense, express my gratitude to them for the role that they play in your life. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be there because we used to be Christians before. And, and I know that 
it's incredibly disappointing to you that I can't share, you know, that, that we don't share our sort of spiritual worldview together anymore. And I like, I know that's really hard for you and I can't do everything for you. I can't be the Christian you wish I was, but I can hold your hand and sit next to you and, 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 and sing those songs. Or maybe I can't sing those songs. Maybe that's too much for me to sing the song, but I can be there and, and celebrate the fact that this way of being, you know, causes a lot of good things to happen in your life and in the lives of the people around you. Yeah. Like I, I can look for the good in it. You know, so I like, I don't know what he should say, but what I'm saying is, is that there's a way of, it, it may be that if he goes without expressing to her why he's going, he'll go in pain. But that, that if, she, if, if she understands that this is an act of love and maybe even an act of sacrifice on his part um, to go, she'd be like, wow. This is, it means a lot to me to have you here. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but again, I mean, I mean, the larger principle is know what you're, know what you're trying to do. So, so for instance, in another situation, there may be a little kid who's getting Christianity jammed down their throat and, or, or who, or who just gets bullied by the rest of the family. You know, somebody in the family, somebody who's bullied and you go like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit next to that person. And I'm going to say funny things in their ear and I'm going to put my hand on their back and I'm going to let them know that I think they're a great person. And like, I'm going to be there because I, I, I'm because they, as a protector, as right. a caregiver. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there are lots of reasons why we do things. Um, sometimes there's somebody who's old and this may, you know, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this as an act of, filial piety. I'm going to act, I'm going to do this as, as, as a, uh, as a way of showing respect. And, and that's all it is. I like that. And sometimes you can't go because you know that you can't go in a decent frame of mind. And then you're going to have to find a loving way to explain why you can't go. And to say to people like, you know, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. This is just really hard for me for these reasons. Um, and so sometimes, sometimes you know, you you, 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 there's a difference between defiantly saying I'm not going because it's bullshit, <laughs> and saying I'm not going because I'm not able, like, I'm not able to handle it. It's not, it's not good for me. It's not healthy for me to be there. But uh, I'm sorry because I, I, you know. I'd love, and, and, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be here with a hot chocolate when you get home. Right. Right. And, and for those who can, I mean, there, there's a, we've talked before with, uh, I remember talking, our conversation we had with um, Mar Mark Oppenheimer and, and his crew um, who are essentially very, very identified culturally as Jewish, but are secular people. They don't believe in, in a supernatural God. And, for those who can, that might be a good way to sort of reframe the holiday oh season. Oh my gosh, too. yeah. That's a great that's a great one. You just sort of go like, this is the legend. This is the mythology that brought my that brought us Harvard University and that brought us St. Jude's Hospital for Children. And that brought us like this that, right. that brought us, 
you know, the, the scientific method, like this, like, this so is my going to go as an, uh, to honor it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm here because I'm culturally Christian in the same way that yes. Mark Oppenheimer is culturally Jewish. And I'm going to celebrate my culture. Yeah, for those a, who can, and I'm sure for I... people who have been hurt, that that doesn't that doesn't count so much. But for yeah. people who can, here's one um, Bart from uh, someone called John who says, "My siblings and mom don't do presents anymore, which is awesome. My biggest Christmas budget item is charity. My wife, though, thinks presents are important, and for the most part, she handles her big family, and that's fine with me. But as you can guess, it gets a little dicey between the two of us. So." Uh, so far, I'm just cutting back a little and seeing how it goes. Any suggestions? Lots of them. Like this, this podcast will go too long if I give them all. But oh I'll, yeah, I'll, you, I'll give you, you do. You have thoughts about this? Oh yeah, I'll give you the most basic one. I mean, there's okay. a, a, an old little book that I read back in my Christian days called the I forget the title of it, but it's about the love languages. Mm-hmm. And it basically contended that. Different people give and receive love in different ways. That some people, gifts are an incredibly important way that they express their love for other people. And, 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 and some people, it's about quality time. And other people, it's about carefully chosen words of affirmation. And other people, it's about service, like you know, baking me a cake or making me a meal or, or helping me clean out my garage. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thesis of the book is, is that most of us give love in the way that we would love to receive it. That if you want to know what somebody values, look at what they're giving out because that's what they wish they were getting. Mm. And so this guy is sort of, John's sort of looking at his wife and going like, you know what? She loves gifts. Gifts are important to her. They're not important to me. And I guess the question is, if you think about it like a language, the question is, if you want to communicate with somebody, do you speak to them in your language? Or do you try to get a translation and and do you try to speak to them in their own language? And so sometimes I think people need to say, hey, here's what would feel like an amazing gift for me to get. And sort of say like, how do you like to be loved? Do you like to be touched? Do you like, do you like to be, do you like words? And then I think if, if, if you really want to give something to somebody that suggests that you understand and love them, you try to give them something that they will receive as love. Hmm. And that, that, that sort of flies in the face of this whole idea of everything's got to be reciprocity. But I think sometimes it makes sense for one person to give another person a lovely and, and a lovely and carefully chosen gift and for the other person to say, thank you so much. I wrote you this poem. And, and, and you know, because that, that's how it would be with me. Like, if you gave me a wonderful pen and pencil set or, or, or a great, like, I, it, that's not what touches my heart. But if you took the time to write something out for me, I'd be thrilled. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so like you say, but, but what, about, what about John's wife? And I go like, yeah, I should probably go to the store and try to find a really lovely sweater for her and hope she gives me a poem or hope she, so, and sometimes it's an experience where somebody says, we were talking about the other day. Sometimes you give somebody a card that says, I know you love the Eagles football team and you love to watch those games and I never watched them with you. This coupon is good for one three hour full on 
wear the t-shirt. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to know the names of the players. I'm going to totally watch the Eagles with you any Sunday you want. And you go like, for some people that, that represents, and he said, but that's just time. It didn't cost anything. And I go like, I know, I know, but that's what that person wants. So I think one of the really important things when we're gift giving with people is to, is to, to not just recognize what the gift means from us going out, but to recognize what it means to them coming in. And, and I, I will tell you, like in our family, and, and one of the things I hate is people like in our family, and they give you a, an idea as if like, this is how we solve it. And you go like, yeah, that, that would work in your family. My family would never, that would never fly. Right. Because like in, in our family, like one year we did a thing where we said, okay, because we were all, we, everybody was poor that year. Um, except for some people that had a lot of money and it's, it's always awkward. So he just said, okay, this year the rule is everybody gets everybody a gift, but it has to come from a thrift shop. And so the gifts were goofy. Right. You know, because, but you went to the, and the other thing was, it was like, you went to the thrift shop and you bought all your gifts in one fell swoop. And, and they didn't, and there was no expectation that they would be perfect gifts. You were just looking for, through the thrift shop and going like, what's something that like says something about that person, like that connects with them in some weird way. But like, it didn't matter. Like they were it wasn't going to cost anything. And it wasn't, it was the, it literally was the thought that counted. And we pulled that off that year. And I thought, oh, this is great. We're solved. And then the next year, my the kids were like, okay, that was fun for one year. But like, <laughs> I want to go back to regular gifts. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then another year when we didn't have many money, um, we did a thing where like everybody shows up on Christmas morning with something for the group to do. It could be like a, or, or a performance or some presentation. Like, so somebody did a magic trick. Somebody showed up and they had brought a game and we all played the game together. Somebody did a little song and dance thing, uh, a little karaoke thing. And we spent the whole Christmas morning doing each other's things, but nobody spent any money. And it was really cool. But the next year, the kids were like, okay, that was great. Let's go back to the regular gifts this right, time. Right. <laughs> you know, so, 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 but when people give you those ideas, you go like, hey, that's a neat idea. My family would never go for that. Um, but I think it's really important to recognize that there isn't one best way of giving to other people, that what we give needs to be matched to like what that person needs and wants and receives and how they perceive the world. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to give good gifts, uh, you have to be thoughtful. You have to actually think about the other person. So John could uh, cut back a little, as he says, and still have good, have thoughtful gifts that he's, that he's giving in the context of that. Yeah. Or he may, yeah, that's right. Or, you know, he may go like, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to accept that getting a nice gift is important to my wife. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, he, he, but he may say to her, you know, what would be really meaningful to me is, is this. And she might go like, that sounds really hard to me, like to, to, to write something or to come up with an activity. I would rather just get you something. And so it's gift giving is a weird area in which sometimes people can meet each other halfway and sometimes they have to compromise and go like, I'm going to receive this gift that you're giving because I know it's all you can do. And sometimes 
sometimes giving and receiving gifts is a place where we recognize the limitations of the people in our lives and where we accept those limitations. Is it weird that I, when you said that, that I thought that's the way everybody is relating to my gifts? (laughs) 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 They're just, (laughs) they're seeing the limitation of John. Yeah. Uh, One final, one final question, Bart. Go ahead. Uh, Scott says, I've recently, and I wonder what you'll make of this. Uh, Scott says, I've recently deconverted but I am still influenced by spiritual holiday trappings. What do you recommend? I think that's an interestingly worded question. He's influenced by these spiritual holiday trappings that come along at Christmas time in America. But he's a, a recent sort of deconvert. Do you think that he's saying he feels like he could get sucked back in easily and he doesn't want to? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's just. In, like, haunted by the voices of a of a trinity he no longer believes in. Because mm. I mean, I I I, st- I still have that experience where where I have like a vestigial Christian conscience, and give me an example. I'll instinctively, oh, the other day, you know, I was getting in my car and I dr- I dropped something and it spilled all over me, and I was like, God damn it! Um, and then I thought to myself, I took the Lord's name in vain. Oh, you felt bad. You know, like I felt bad and you're like, yeah, you know, like, but you don't believe in God. I go like, I know, but I might've hurt his feelings. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like my dad's old line that like, there is no God and the Virgin Mary is his mother. Um, (laughs) you know, it's just this weird, it's this weird amalgamation of, I don't actually believe any of this stuff is true but I'm still kind of connected to the specificity of it that I used to be in. That's such an interesting area for me. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. And, and so especially when you're newly deconverted, you, you can feel guilty for letting God down. You can feel like you, you know, you're sinning against God. Like, you know, I know a lot, I know a lot of people that when the, you know, sexuality, they they still feel, all kinds of mixed feelings about stuff that, that on paper, logically, rationally, they think I'm not doing anything wrong here, but they, it feels wrong to them. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people that on Sunday morning, if they're not in church, like for years after they've left the church and years after they've stopped believing in God, they still feel like I should be somewhere. Isn't there somewhere I'm supposed to be? That's why we have caravan on Sunday mornings. It's, it's it's an open time for a lot of people, but also like we're sort of, um, I think we're uh, taking advantage of people's, uh, you know, internal clocks. Like <laughs> I should be somewhere. Oh yeah, I'll come to that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but I, I think it's really important to recognize when you're in in Scott's situation. Is it Scott? Yeah, Scott. Yeah. When you're in Scott's situation, that. Just because that's how you are right now doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. Like, uh, it, it gets better. It gets easier. You, you, you get more comfortable in your own skin. And hopefully you add a new set of ideas and voices and values and practices that you go, that's what I really think I ought to be doing. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is a, you, you know, we, we have thousands of years of cultural 
imprinting on us. And so there's a reason why those stories and those rules and those rituals have a way of sort of drawing us in and they have kind of an unnatural hold on us. Um, or maybe I guess it's quite a natural hold on us. And uh, the fact that you feel drawn that way doesn't mean you don't re you're not sincere in your thinking or that you really, or, or that, that, you, that you're, you're irrational. It just means that you're human. Right. Which is to say you are irrational. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean you're irrational in a bad way. It just means you're human. And you're not unusually irrational. And you have, and you have a history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you have a history. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was just uh, reading all the stuff about um, operant conditioning and, and, and classical conditioning of B.F. Skinner and Pavlov and all of that stuff. And the idea that sometimes, you know, if you feed a dog and you ring a bell at the same time, when the dog hears the bell, its mouth starts to water because it's like these things are so closely associated with each other. Mm -hmm. And for most of us um, in this culture, there are all sorts of associations that, that can, have conditioned us to feel certain ways when we get certain stimuli, mm -hmm. even if the stimuli has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with anything. Mm. We're, we're all a bunch of spiritual Pavlovian dogs. <laughs> right slobbering at the sound of the Salvation Army bell ringer. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Bart, thanks. I think this was good. And, and you know, I, I, it occurred to me that, you know, we still have a couple of weeks before uh, December 25th. And so if people have other things that they want to talk about, they can always get in touch with us. Bartcampolo.org has a contact page and uh, you can get in touch. Yeah. And you know what? Even if you don't want to get in touch with me, you might want to go to that Facebook page and get in touch with all the other people that are having, I think, really valuable conversations around yeah, they this are. stuff. They are. Yeah. So listen, I, we did this thing at Caravan a couple of weeks ago, like I told you about surviving the holidays. And it was much more about surviving conversations and surviving relationships than it was about presence right. and church services. Right, right. And um I don't think it's up yet, but it'll be up in the next few days that the, 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 all the elements of the service, including a really funny video that we found. Um, and also like the little 10 minute talk or 15 minute talk that, that I did um, as a part of it. And I'm not, the only, I'm, I'm not the only one that gives those talks, but I gave this one. Um, and for some of you that are sort of trying to navigate the holidays, it might be really helpful for you to check it out at Great. Um, CincinnatiCaravan.org. Perfect. All right. Awesome, Bart. This was great. Thanks, John. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Catch you next time. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search Humanize Me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every
可。